Wake up. Freedom's on the rise. Welcome, everyone, to Freedom's Rising. Today is June 15th, 2022. You are listening to episode 13 of the Freedom's Rising series, and you are participating in the rise of freedom. Today on the show, we'll be going into a a little recap of what we heard on the last episode, as well as more of the Self-Reliance Festival, more speakers from that event, and some other things going into answering the question of symbols of freedom's rising. I did have someone asking about the symbols and what the symbol of freedom's rising means, what the color scheme means, and what uh, the purpose of the sun symbol and other things like that. And if you go back to the first Liberty Lifestyle podcast that I did, uh, it wasn't the first time that I'd ever tried to produce content, but it was the... Liberty Lifestyle Podcast. I had done The Creature of Control before that, a podcast on Within the Stones Media Network. And Within the Stones Media Network is another symbol on the Freedoms Rising podcast. But the Liberty Lifestyle Podcast is where I came up with the concept of sort of a as above, so below, you know, microcosm, macrocosm, the sun, uh, giving energy to the tree, the tree really deriving from the sun, and also representing a human being's life force and our ability to be grounded in the soil, but yet a part of this greater thing as well going on with the sun, right? So you have the sun behind the tree, and it was a yellow symbol back in the day with yellow and green being used in the Liberty Lifestyle podcast, both sort of, you know, life colors, colors of, again, back then it was still also freedom's rising concept. We had this sun rising behind the tree with the rays coming out. And it's not, you know, Masonic or New World Order or any any of those like Illuminati or there's no reason behind choosing those symbols besides what I'm saying right now is that it gives a, uh, you know, we want to give credence to understanding that we don't provide all our own energy and that it comes from a source. And that source that we know of in our galaxy, or sorry, our solar system here is the sun. You know, the stars give the energy to the to the little solar system around it. And so we, we you know, we are thankful for that. We're happy to have the sun here with us, right? Uh, That benevolent sun that in the sky, you know, that we can give thanks to. And so that might sound a little corny or cheesy to some people, but really, um, I think a lot of the symbolism around us throughout the millennia in human history have been sun symbolism, and some of it can be dark sun symbolism and black sun symbolism, and you can use, look at even like symbols that dark occultists use, or even that you could see in in regalia of 
soldiers in Nazi Germany, there were a lot of occult regalia and the dark sound symbolism and even inverting uh, symbols, you know, like the swastika, taking that and in, and skewing it and then hijacking the meaning. Now, throughout history, that particular symbol, I mean, in our modern consciousness, is sort of tainted, right? We see that symbol as very negative. And I'm not trying to say like the that the, the Nazis should be looked at in a positive light or something like that. That's not how the duality works. The point of the symbol is that they do represent our universe on another microcosm, is that everything is dualistic. That's a, it's a, not a paradox, but a, it's a, something that's inherent in our universe that there are dualistic meanings to things. And even we as beings represent that sort of dualism right? And we have the inside and outside. We have the higher self and the lower self. We have the conscious brain and the subconscious brain. We have the left and right brain. We have the masculine and feminine. That's something inherent in our universe. It's a duality. Even the thoughts in your head and having, you know, something talking to you. Well, what is that? Who's talking to who? (laughs) You know, and not like hearing voices in your head, but that voice in your head is representing the dual duality of the universe because there's two sides. There's a listener and a speaker. There's the thought receiver and the thought sender. Where's the thoughts coming from, right? And so anyway, so the, the tree and the sun represent that. And we took that symbol, we minimized it down into what now is the TylerBloyer.com symbol, and a lot of people are like, is that Luke Radowski's symbol that you're using there? And I, I even like looked again this morning. It's not even close. Like it doesn't even look like it at all. I guess like if you just glance at it and to me, it doesn't look like the tree of life either. Uh, it looks like, you know, my own symbol. That's a tree with a sun behind it. If you're looking, you know, Luke's symbol, uh, Luke Radowski is from We Are Change has like a media like camera sticking out and the bottom half is a different color than the top half. And so, yeah, there was nothing there where I was like, I want to try to have a symbol that looks like we are change (laughs) in the logo. Like that was absolutely not part of the design plan and not something I thought about. And the original colors being yellow, black, and green didn't look like that at all. And I just you know, after I sort of changed, I had take some, taken some time off. I w- sort of walked away from the Liberty Lifestyle podcast idea and then just used the symbol stripped down because I still liked the concept a lot. So that's how and why the TylerBloyer.com symbol came into being. Now, we're talking about, again, the f- symbols of freedoms rising on the banners, on the thumbnails, on the website. You'll see a background image with these symbols as well and what they represent, why they're there, just so there's no confusion, or if you're if you were curious that now uh, there'll be an explanation on the record, and I can say, go to episode 13, uh, which is a good number, right, to be talking about symbology, and I guess we're not going to really get into numerology today, but on episode 13, I discussed the symbols of Freedom's Rising, and the artwork for now is also kept uh, simple and plain in the spirit of what I was talking about earlier in the series about having a train going and I'm 
you know, front loading the podcast in the mornings and getting them recorded and out there. And the artwork was meant to be something that I can repeat and produce and get out daily without having to, you know, having to, Cassandra, having to, see, at least I catch it now when I say having to, but hey, you know, I'm a, I, I'm a, from a little town in Utah called Farmington, where is where I grew up, so, so I really should just have a little bit more draw to it all, you know, and maybe talk a little bit more, like having to do like this, but what I was trying to do was make artwork that I could reproduce without having to put in a lot of effort each day, you know, coming up with a creative design in the morning, because there's all kinds of little snags that can throw you off and uh, add in technical issues, add in maybe not feeling 100% or having, uh, you know, some things going on. Otherwise, that would throw you off. Artwork and being creative in those times and trying to come up with something daily to put out is quite difficult. So I figured we'd represent what we're working on in our life with Freedoms Rising with these uh, logos that we've used in our brands as a family. And again, talking about my family here. And so <laughs> you'll see that Cassandra is participating in this process as well with her brand, Alt Eats. And we also have within the Stones Media Network and of course, Freedoms Rising. We've already gone over what the TylerBloyer.com and the sun symbolism. The Freedoms Rising is really quite apparent, I would say, freedoms rising. We're talking about the sun rising, but that also has another meaning of, you know, what we're building up for and not just me and my family, but we as a people and humanity and not just like this constant evolution towards this some justifiable endpoint that we call evolution. That's not exactly what we're talking about. And we're not also talking about a revolution as in, you know, some sort of political or a government solution where we're going to have our permissions to be voluntary with each other given down to us by the government and, and they're going to stop. They're going to tell us to stop paying taxes because we're, we've pleaded with them in so many ways. And finally they'll, they'll let the, the noose off and just let us stop paying taxes. You know, like these are not the sort of freedoms rising revolution type things that we're looking for. And uh, that's more like a, a revolution towards a devolution, looking for a government solution. There we go. Well, come, that's a good slogan. Not the revolution for the devolution of the government solution. And that's just a bunch of minutiae. And what we need to do is actually incorporate true freedom principles in our lives. And we see that happening. We see people that aren't looking for political solutions. We see people who went through revolutions of political solutions in their life and then came out of that and now are implementing the real solutions, something we'll hear from our speaker today. So that's, again, going back to the symbols, that's the symbols behind Freedoms Rising are literally behind the sun in Freedoms Rising in a pattern. And those are our family, you know, projects that we're using to incorporate freedoms rising into our own lives. And again, this isn't something that humanity has to achieve, or that we as humanity are definitely moving towards. Uh, if you look at the news lately at all going, I mean, even if you're listening to this in the future, which most people that listen to this podcast will likely not be listening to it daily right now, 
but actually in the future. And then as we build steam, we'll have more of those daily listeners who get used to the schedule of the time that we put out the show, which is usually about 1030 Pacific. Uh, But the point being that it's not a guarantee which direction humanity heads in. And as we were talking about, I think, you know, freedom, we were talking about yesterday in yesterday's episode, freedom needs cheerleaders, freedom needs support, freedom needs our help. And, you know, we need help from other people as well. But we really need to make sure that the fire doesn't die, you know, and that we don't end up in the technocratic gulag of the Bill Gatesian, Klaus Schwabian, you know, next generation, new world order. order. Uh, like I said, more of a technocratic dictatorship is what we're headed towards really quickly, you know, and people don't even see it coming. They're just being sucked into this high tech slavery system that they, they honestly, this seems like the majority of people don't even understand or realize that's what's going on and that they won't even have the ability to understand what freedom is. They, they'll think that they're free and happy and won't even understand that they're completely enslaved. I mean, we see that now, but we're going to see more of the, you know, new, the brave new worldian uh, technocratic dictatorship of also having your soma and, you know, feeling great about the whole thing and loving your, uh, you know, digital units that you're earning in your metaverse job. And you won't even realize that your mind is almost completely controlled. And that's where that's where we're slipping into at a rapid rate, right? So freedom's rising again is in spite of seeing the writing on the wall and seeing, but also knowing what we were talking about earlier, the duality aspects, right? And that as this occurs, there's also a counter opposite force working against that and something that's rebelling against that, something that's refusing to go along with that new normal, Right and building an, a, a, way, and an, a way to exit out of that system. And a way, and people like to use the word parallel. I think we just need to take over the systems that are currently available and operating, make them better and improve on them, and those will become the economies and the new networks, not parallel. We need to build the new networks because we failed to make those on-ramps easy enough for most people to get onto at this point. And again, that goes back to why we need freedoms rising, because there's a lack of this sort of understanding in the world. And that is terrifying to someone who's raising children and seeing where things are headed and seeing that my grandchildren would have maybe even a little chance of even being able to go back and listen to this podcast because of some of the ideas and concepts and thoughts that are being spread here that's how deep the control is going to get, that, that they will figure out ways to censor RSS feeds. They will figure out ways to stop people from having businesses. And you will own nothing. And you will eat the bugs. And you will be very happy. So that is something we're trying to avoid, right? And again, through entrepreneurship, through autonomy, and through building community, once you have the skill set and ways to offer value locally and even on a wider level, Definitely use the technology to reach the wider audience. But at the way things are headed, we also need to make sure those local networks and communities are strong and that we're finding the people uh, that are also in alignment with our values, at least to an extent of understanding of what I was saying, like what we're, we're slipping into, what we need to avoid, and how to do that is to be resilient and uh, have 
the ability to not, you know, just have to grow all your own food yourself. Like, I don't want to have to do that. I don't want to be like, oh, I got to have everything grown and all the food that I produce for my own self. Like, I feel like we, we haven't gotten that far yet. You do need to be on the road to, you know, having a lot more of your food produced in your local environment through permaculture and animal husbandry, like I said, and having livestock and doing the bird thing and the chicken thing, right? So you can have some protein and some level of producing your own food on a scale that makes sense and the way that you can regenerate the soil and doing all those techniques that make sense, you know, that wouldn't require outside inputs like fertilizer, uh, chemical fertilizers or uh, your standard 10-10-10 fertilizer input from the outside world. But the point being that, you know, the, if, if the network is strong, then I can trade eggs or I can trade, you know, jobs for the food that we might need if that if it got to that point where there isn't a hey you know you can't you can't go in the grocery store because you're not complying with uh the technocracy and the the digital central bank digital currency money because you had that you know podcast and you were saying those things and you wouldn't get vaccinated so we cut you off from society and that's the point where we can just say yeah well you know, screw you and we're over here and we're doing our thing because we've built the community and the networks that can work right around that. And the shop owner doesn't agree with that dictate. Neither does the local government that still exists in this area. And they're uh, not on board with the agenda. So good luck with that. Right? If we have that option, at least we have that option and we can still opt out of those systems. But how close are we? And we saw this with COVID to most people just going right along with what the tyrannical government, you know, requires them to do, and they'll do that out of comfort, safety, and fear. They'll they'll go right along with whatever the agenda is and not even understand how dangerous that was and how close we got to seeing how many people would be just like good Nazis in Nazi Germany or good Stalinists uh, or good, uh, you know, Soviets in the gulag you know spying on their neighbors and reporting on them because the tv box told them to do so and that that would be a good way to get by and you can get paid by ratting on your neighbor you know who might be hoarding cheese under their bed or something like that extra cheese or you know they're having extra eggs that they didn't share with the communist government so that you know again to hit on the symbols really quick the sun in freedom's rising going back to that is really what we talked about with tylerbloyer.com and the microcosm macrocosm and what the sun represents as life really it just being another microcosm of universal life and the energy that's you know ever flowing and ever present and ubiquitous throughout and you would call that god or you'd call that creation or reality or the universe there's different words to describe that but the same thing, and that as we align with that force and those laws of nature, we ourselves have moral code that are de- derived from, should be derived from, the laws of nature. And the laws of morality govern our behavior and the consequences for our behavior and actions. And if our actions aren't in alignment with that, we will suffer the consequences and we will become enslaved as a people. And we are there now, 
and we are suffering because of it. Our planet, our people, our children, the life itself on this planet is suffering because of our not understanding the these forces and not working with them, even if we do understand them, not working with them in a way that's benefiting humanity. So that's the idea of freedoms rising. It's not just that we're headed towards this evolutionary point where everything's going to explode in this beautiful utopian idealistic you know utopia and everything's going to be great because that's clearly where we're headed towards that's like that's not what i'm talking about i'm talking about the understanding of what i just said aligning our behaviors with the forces and powers of the universe so you could call that god you could say living and worshiping under god right those are the more like christian uh phraseology or the way of putting it but you know i'm not necessarily like one sect of one religion and I'm a Christian or something. I understand the symbology and the allegory and the anthropomorphization of those stories, of those wisdom teachings in the Bible or in other Christian lore. But it's not something I just stick myself into that box and that's the only thing that I understand and that's how I look at the world, right? That's a tradition that's very uh, popular in the Western world and it's also something that has a lot of roots and other traditions that have a lot of other symbology and a lot of other mythology and lore that need to be looked into. And so the symbols aren't just satanic or uh, Masonic or Illum Illuminati, right? Symbols aren't that way. They, they have multiple purposes and meanings, and it usually is behind the person deploying the symbol what that symbol can mean. And so the last one, really, the last two, will go with uh, Alt-Eats, and alt-eats is alternative way of eating, right? An alternative way of preparing food, the sustenance that goes into our bodies that we, you know, have more respect for our bodies. And so we don't just go along with the mainstream American diet these days, which is like high grain, corn, high fructose corn syrup, processed sugars and wheats and grains, but you know, that we can still eat things that even taste good or even taste like they should be a dessert of some sort. And that's sort of what we've been focusing on lately. But there's also other varieties of things that we're going to be doing with that project. And through uh, that teaching, Cassandra has actually done work like this for many years and is a sh professional chef who's worked in professional kitchens and had a lot of health issues herself and then transmuted that into fixing her own health issues through diet and through understanding that most things that she was experiencing were coming from problems with the gut and then radically changing in accordance with that information and how she was feeling and even coming close to being hospitalized a few times. And that was uh, when I had met her and uh, many years after that, once we had a few children and then we, she was breastfeeding two babies at the time, we had an experience where she almost ended up in the hospital through, you know, inflammation, basically, and having problems with the gut, and not being able to get out of bed, but having to take care of having to needing to take care of our children at that time. And, and so we really had to learn quickly. And luckily, a friend told us about the leaky gut diet, and or the protocol. And, uh, we watched a few videos and we found some really good information 
I forget the woman's name, maybe it'll come into mind, the, the information that we found originally. And if I was more prepared now, I'd pull it up and we'd go over that. But eventually, you know, she found that through eating, drinking bone broth only for a while and fasting that she was able to heal that situation. And anyway, that sort of kicked us off on a new journey of exploring and experimenting with foods that she could eat. And uh, there's a lot more to that story. And I think we should try to have Cassandra on maybe as like the first interview of Freedoms Rising, especially since her project again like is a big part of what we're doing here and promoting that and you can go to alteats.life to find out more about that and also sign up for her courses we do a mini course that she has put together and then there'll be future coursework which will be more advanced which will have a cost to it because we put a lot of effort into that project and it's taken us some time but going back to er earlier we've talked about many times that things take time and things are more expensive usually and harder than you thought they would be when you started. And that's okay. And it's okay to do that as long as it aligns with your overall mission and you want to keep working on that, then maybe, you know, double your efforts or take the time off needed to come back and look at it from a different angle and work on things from a local level and then get your internet game going as well. And the other symbol of the sword in the stone is Within the Stones. Within the Stones Media Network is my media consulting network. And we are producing content. And also, that is sort of the engine, the financial engine and company behind what we do here at Freedoms Rising. What I'd like to do is have proven content strategies that we can employ for our friends of Freedoms Rising as well. And if people like what we're doing or see something that I'm doing that they'd like to incorporate, that we can help others do that. And uh, that's the interface of Within the Stones. And the idea there is really came from, this is literally what I was thinking was sort of like a philosopher's stone, like we're, we're looking for this thing that's inside of a stone that we're seeking, you know, to transmute, uh, you know, reality and transmute our situation into something much more beautiful, much stronger and more resilient, right? So that's usually what you're attempting to do with a content production in some way. You're getting thoughts out there. You're looking for something that's beyond just your typical reaching that, you know, you need to look under the stones. And there's that whole saying of no stone left unturned, right? Well, I thought no stone, even like looking within it, looking within the stones, and so we have within the stones media network and you know the the idea of the sword and the stone is very similar mythology and concept of uh this you know death and recreation and that someone needs to come along and and do the effort of of getting the tool out that they need to use and deploy and there's much more to it than that and it goes in more in depth than that but there's also not much more to it than that. That was the idea behind Within the Stones Media Network. Freedom's Rising, Alt Eats, much more self-explanatory. We have, you know, the word Alt Eats in a nice font. And Freedom's Rising, that's, uh, again, I think it's pretty self-explanatory. Uh, there's people that have asked about that. I have a t-shirt and uh, someone asked about it and I couldn't give as much of an in-depth answer. And so I thought I would do a more in-depth answer here on the show. 
And now, you know, that's over and done with. Now I don't have to do that. So now when you go to the website and you see the same banners on the background of freedomsrising.live, you will be able to understand a little bit more about what that intent was. And then in the future, like I said, we'll have different artwork and thumbnails coming out. The series might break into other episodes that Tyler Bloyer does that aren't numbered with Freedoms Rising. I was thinking of, you know, covering some recent news articles And I really don't want to mix in like just covering the news into Freedoms Rising and turning Freedoms Rising into, you know, just someone reading the latest headlines of, oh my God, holy shit, you know, whoa, you know, Freedoms Rising, everybody's rising up, but then, oh, Bitcoin crashed and oh, the COVID shots have uh, some kind of micro nanobots inside of them that are growing prions in your brain and your grandma died because they're that and really you know the death rate is up 10 percent or 20 percent since the covid vaccine started and oh they're coming for you know like we could do a lot of that but you know and crypto went in the tank recently and we could do oh my god the whole thing's going down uh." but again freedom's rising is more resilient and going to survive through those things and when the gas prices are blah 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 and this and that we need to thrive through these things anyways. We, we don't have a choice at this point, everyone. We have to buckle up. We have to man up. We have to put our big boy pants and big girl pants on and our dresses or whatever. And we have to, you know, take responsibility for this situation that we've created here as a species and start to turn the ship around and start to be the change that we know that we can and become the people that we know we can be and that we should be for the future and for our children, right? We have to become better people. That's the answer. And as hard as that is to face and do on a personal level and then take that out to the world, those are the real solutions, okay? So John Bush coming up here, the person that we're going to be playing into the episode from the Self-Reliance Festival, you know, he'll talk about his own political journey and how he, and I think more people could probably relate with especially you know people from my age and older can relate to that journey or could at least see someone go through it and maybe if they haven't gone through that journey could see now they can relate to someone who actually has and taken the steps forward to break out of being going from a democrat to more libertarian to you know a lot more freedom oriented thinking and not seeing the solutions in the political system and you know he talks about exit and build we've talked about that here on the show before uh derek bros really sort of coining the term in one of his books uh, i forget which one but and then john sort of you know being the more of the marketing and the you know entrepreneurial type minded person takes that and people think that he started the freedom cells and he started the exit and build and really He's riffing with Derek, and they're sort of working together and building these concepts and ideas together, and that's a beautiful thing. I've been essentially with them and working on the similar things, and since the beginning of the Freedom Cell Network, uh, not well, maybe not the beginning of the Freedom Cell Network, but you know, for me, it was more like 2015, 2016-ish, where I started to work on my own Freedom Cell in Salt Lake City, and we did a lot of awesome things there. We, we were the Salt Lake Freedom Hive. And uh, that was really fun. And realizing then that, you know, you can expand it beyond the freedom cell. And then, you know, I don't keep it so formal out where I'm at now. And we don't have necessarily like a, a formal freedom cell of people that meet up. But there's, 
the network of people that we're building and there's a lot of us, you know, and we're, we understand the problems and we're implementing the solutions and we have each one of us, our own things to offer and participate. And all also everyone's on their own point in the journey. And, uh, you know, I don't try to get too involved in groups and I'm not the best networker in the world, but, uh, through entrepreneurism, through, you know, building goods and bringing them to market, whether that's digitally or through, you know, local veins or both, we can start to become more of that people person and start to meet really awesome people. And through vending and doing things like at markets, I've noticed that you really get to meet way more people in a fast manner. It's like speed dating, you know, they're asking you about, they get an idea for your, a sense of where you're at and who you are and what you're all about. And, uh, you know, whether it's through Alt Eats or what we'd like to set up is a Freedoms Rising booth and have more merchandise for like the activism and spreading the message of freedom and truth and prosperity. That um, experience gets you to be meeting that network of people. You, you end up meeting way more people that way. Like I said, it's like the speed dating of networking with freedom-minded people. And uh, the upcoming speaker, John, at the Self-Reliance Festival is a good example of doing doing just that and someone who's done a lot of different entrepreneurism and uh you know failed and not willing you know, he is willing to admit where he's failed and talk about his struggles and you know there's a uh, he's going to get into using alternative technologies and cryptocurrencies uh, the freedom cell network and you know networking again with those on the local level and building intentional community and in order to avoid tyranny and not bending the knee to tyranny, right? So he'll get into those things in this talk. Those are all subjects that we'll talk about more here in Freedoms Rising as well. And so it all goes right along with the idea of Freedoms Rising. And, you know, I don't have to fully agree again with every speaker and every move they've ever made and everything they stand for that I bring on the show, it's just a good handful. We want a good salad and variety of the different approaches. And again, there were uh, some audio issues. There were problems with the tech. As you can, as this talk goes on, the audio sort of starts to degrade. Uh, I don't know if they're going to have a better version or like a lapel mic edited version coming out later. I really appreciate Nicole and uh, the people at the Self-Reliance Festival for putting these talks up online. I do have in the show notes the links to the unlisted YouTube videos that were unlisted because I assume that they will be breaking them up into talks and letting the speakers themselves decide if they're going to be putting them out. But that goes to another point really quick before we get into the clip is just how if being a little bit prepared with being having a laptop and a mic and a a camera and then you know hooking into like StreamYard or restream.io or using Streamlabs and having multiple outlets to stream to and you're going to go to an event like this just hook it up set it on a chair set it on a table set that thing up and live stream the event so that at least you can have a recording of it to share with those people at the event but if not then if you're just going to be putting it out for free but you need like post-production work and all this, you can have the live stream up there while you're doing it, you know, unlist them or list them or share them. And then you have that content produced already 
online. And, you know, I think, you know, obviously I am a little biased and would like people that are doing these events to do that so we can uh, help promote their message and get it out there in the Freedoms Rising playlist. And we definitely have the Self-Reliance Festival playing along with the Greater Reset and a bunch of uh, Alt Eats videos and other things that you can find value in just turning on Freedoms Rising live stream and listening to that. I, I find myself flipping it on when I see what's playing quite a bit as I monitor the stream myself. And, uh, you know, that's the idea of put playing these clips into the podcast as well, is that you get a different take. Uh, even if you've watched it already, you're now listening to it in a podcast with my sort of preamble and you sometimes listening to something versus watching it, you get a different idea, you get different aspects out of it, even if you're at a different stage. Like if you're sitting at your desk or in your bed watching something, that's one thing. If you're out mowing the lawn and listening to it, you're in a different state of mind. You're thinking about things differently. You're moving and listening. That's different than watching it. So even if you've already heard this and you're now hearing it again, depending on how you listen to this podcast, you might get something a value out of it. And so, again, you know, I think John himself has also been involved in setting up the live streams. He's done the exit and build and the uh, other summits recently that they've gotten used to just setting up and live streaming it. And I think he's helped people like Nicole, who weren't planning to do the live streaming, uh, come in and set it up and do it. Hey, just live stream the event out. So appreciation for doing that. And I'm really, you know, thankful for having those uh, pieces of content out there so we can repurpose and help again amplify those messages and get them out there so you'll be hearing john's talk at the self-reliance festival 2022 links are in the show notes uh, for more of the speakers there and the unlisted speakers that you can go see and also after that the band uh, so below will be exiting this episode with the song Wanders Away, which is sort of, you know, a little bit, uh, it's, it's well, you'll hear the song, but it's explaining, I think, a little bit about our reality today. It's a little bit more on the, you know, downscale or the minor notes on that song. So it's not like an uppity. Uh, last episode, we did play some Rage Against the Machine, a good old 90s band, kind of that represents my childhood <laughs> or, you know, listening to rage against the machine as a teenager. And, um, but so below is something that I've discovered through hearing at Jack Fest playing at the Jackalope freedom festival coming up in the first two weeks of August here near Heber, Arizona, which you is free to attend and tend and camp if you'd like to go. And, uh, that is also in the show notes under the upcoming events. But So Below played there, and we were so busy with our vending that we didn't uh, get a chance to go sit and watch, but we definitely heard So Below, and I don't know if they'll be playing this year at Jackfest, but I'm pretty sure they are welcome to come. They're on the website, so there's nothing where you can go find an absolute schedule for who will be playing at Jackfest, but uh we'll have their stuff in the show notes as well and so you'll hear their song wanders away and i appreciate uh them and also the music that they put out as well there's played at the greater reset that's another place i've seen them play uh and they're in the freedoms rising 24 7 live stream as well so 
without further delay and without further ranting and rambling by me, thank you for listening to today's episode from Freedoms Rising, episode number 13. And uh, if you'd like to support us, just go to freedomsrising.live slash support. And you can see the XMR and pirate addresses there that we take for cryptocurrency donations for Freedoms Rising, which helps support the show. Otherwise, tylerblair.com. You can uh, sign up for the email or go to slash donate, tylerblower.com slash donate and leave a tip if you'd like it. And uh, otherwise, you know, just drop your email in. We send out emails with the episodes uh, daily and anything else that needs to be announced will go out through those feeds. That's probably one of the best ways to subscribe. But we also have, you know, YouTube and BitChute and Odyssey and Float and uh, all the basically every audio version of the outlet that you can find besides iTunes. Currently, we still don't publish to iTunes. It was just sort of a decision I made a long time ago not to publish there, and I haven't. But we may move the tylerbloyer.com feed over to there soon. But thank you for listening. Enjoy the clip from John Bush and the outro from So Below, and we'll talk to you guys tomorrow. Thanks. So John Bush is is a man I got to know because Jack had a wild idea about starting this podcast with different people who have accomplished things in their lives and love freedom called Unloose the Goose. Who listened to Unloose the Goose? All right. We got four geese here right now. Honk, honk. And I got to know this cool cat, John Bush, and I realized I had read about him from time to time when he was surviving on Bitcoin only. And there are so many things he can talk about. He has successfully started businesses. He has operated in gray markets. He is not afraid to be an activist and go out and change things. But when he had kids, he started becoming a little less of a jail target sort of activist and more of an empowering all of the activism. And he realizes, like many of us do, we're not... As, as I said on day one, you don't solve decentralization through the government. You make that happen. The government will never decentralize for you. You have to decentralize. And he knows that in his core. Are you going to use this mic? Okay. So with that, I'm going to bring John Bush up from the Exit and Build Land Summit, Freedom Cells. What's the botanicals? Great botanicals. Great botanicals, like all of the things he does. Live Free Academy, where we're recording these videos. They'll be available for sale. It's going to be cool. You guys are going to get a discount because you were here. Here's, here's John Bush. All right. Woohoo! All right. Give it up for peace and freedom, everybody. Yeah. Give it up for prosperity. Yes. Preparedness. Pretty people. It's always, uh, I notice being around crowds like this, it's the, the free people that tend to be more beautiful. And I see a lot of beautiful people in the audience. So uh, before I go on, let's give a round of applause to uh, Mr. John and Nicole for putting on this incredible event. Yeah. A lot of work goes into bringing all these people together. So we definitely want to express that gratitude for them because this is really powerful. But What's really important, this is like a cheer, like a cheerleading thing, like a pep rally, really, right? The real work begins when all of you get home. So make sure you're soaking up those little nuggets of wisdom. And what's more important, like I said, is applying them in your own life, because that's really what it's all about. I also want to thank Rebecca Cunningham. 
Where is she? There she is right there. She is an incredible human being that has done amazing video work at a lot of the events that we've done. So give it up for the video lady, Rebecca. Yeah. Got to capture this stuff. Okay. So today I want to teach you guys about exit and build financial strategy, exit and build financial strategy. I also want to share the Live Free Academy empowerment philosophy with you. That is a framework that we can all utilize in order to find greater success in every aspect of our lives, whether it's relationships, preparedness, money, wealth, and most importantly, freedom, right? But first, what's Exit and Build all about? Well, I've been an activist for 20 years now, and in that time, I have done everything I could to create more freedom in my life, in my life, in the lives of my children. Well, I guess I got started before I had kiddos, but uh, also the lives of my community. And I came to realize that asking permission from politicians to be more free is a fool's errand. Spent a lot of time doing political activism. Early on, I did the ACLU thing. I thought I was a Democrat because I was opposed to Bush's wars. And I knew that George Bush knocked down the towers. Anybody, any 9-11 truthers in the audience? All right, there they are. Okay. I was worried this would be a tough crowd today. Now, uh, I thought I was a Democrat. And then I was like, yeah, Nancy Pelosi and the Democrats, they took control of the House and the Senate. They're going to end the war. Oh, they just voted for more spending. And I was like, wait a second. This whole two-party thing's kind of did the Ron Paul thing in 2007, 2008. Stumped for Ron Paul early on. That was a nice mix of cool people. Where are my Ron Paul people at? Yeah, like the good doctor. He's still kicking to this day, right? Jack's doing a collaboration with him, which is pretty cool. Then after the Ron Paul campaign, we started a political action committee. We're like, wow, there's a lot of free people. There's a lot of people that think that, like we do here in Central Texas, we started Texans for Accountable Government. And we went to work trying to get legislation passed and trying to get people elected. In fact, we actually got some bills passed through the state house in Texas. In fact, the bill that I wrote, I penned the bill. It got passed in the state house. It was all about protecting people's privacy and their rights when it comes to these fusion centers. Anybody know what a fusion center is? It's this Department of Homeland Security. I remember when there wasn't a Department of Homeland Security and like they, we saw 9-11 was like a false flag terror attack. And they're like, oh, I see what you're doing here. Set up this Gestapo system. But this Department of Homeland Security fusion center thing, it merges local, state and federal law enforcement. And they uh, systematize their information sharing and intelligence practices. Right. And so we're like, well, this isn't good. Come to find out in Missouri, they were putting out reports on the modern militia movement. And they're like, you might be a modern militia member if you have a Libertarian Party bumper sticker or a Constitution Party bumper sticker or you oppose the Federal Reserve or want to abolish the income tax. You might be a violent, potentially violent militia member. And this is what they were training law enforcement on. They're also like people that like Ron Paul could be these crazy terrorists as well. So we read that. We're like, this isn't good. Let's go try to do something about it. So we went to the Austin Regional Intelligence Center. We got a privacy policy put in that prevented them from collecting political or religious views, uh, prevented them from collecting and sharing information of a political, religious, or social nature, right? And then we're like, let's do it at the state level. The Texas Motorcycle Rights Association reached out to me, and they're like, uh, the Department of Public Safety in Texas is pulling over our biker friends and taking pictures of all their tattoos and their patches and putting them in this state database. That's not right. That's a violation. So, so I was like, well, let's, let's author a bill. And they had all sorts of contacts with legislators and stuff. So I authored a bill, and the bill was like, 
These fusion centers cannot do facial recognition. These fusion centers cannot do anything along with the FBI unless it's expressly a criminal act, all of blah, blah. So we hand it off to the legislator. It comes back completely watered down, but it did have those privacy policy protections in place. The reason why I'm sharing all of this is because that bill ended up passing where none of the seven or eight fusion centers in the entire state of Texas could collect information of a political, religious, or social view. Guess what? It didn't make a bit of difference, and they went ahead and did it anyway because there was no enforcement or no teeth. Come to find out, the Austin Fusion Center, there was a leak. Uh, some hacker group did this blue leaks, and they exposed all of the data from the Austin Fusion Center, and sure enough, my name was in there. Wait a second. For political views. What's up with that? So the point is, a lot of people are like, well, if you don't like it, then you can go vote. You can go lobby. You can do something about it politically. I did a lot of effort, a lot of time, a lot of energy. We were actually pretty good at it. But at the end of the day, I wasn't one smidgen more free. It seemed like we were having these victories, these freedom victories, when in reality, all we were doing was slowing the growth of tyranny. And that wasn't satisfactory for me. I'm somebody that wants genuine freedom, 100% self-governance. Some may refer to that as anarchism. Nicer way to put it is voluntarist. Where are my people that believe we could exist peacefully with total order, prosperity, and harmony without a government altogether? All right. Some of these people are like, I don't know. There's that politician. They said they're going to do a lot of good stuff for us. Donald Trump's going to save America. I prefer Trump to Biden, but I prefer to govern myself, actually, at the end of the day. And I honestly get a kick out of all the political signs all scattered all over the road. It's like, who are these people that are going to make decisions on behalf of me? I have no idea who they are. Same thing in my county and city as well. I don't know these people. They're nothing like me. You guys are like me. Why don't we just govern ourselves? And that's really what this exit and build thing is all about. It's the idea that if we want freedom... We need to take the responsibility for securing that freedom into our own hands. We need to exit those systems, institutions that are not in alignment with our values and build better ones. Exit the pharmaceutical industrial complex. Exit big tech. Exit the government schools. Exit reliance on the grocery store. Build the alternatives. Build the home medicine cabinet. Go to the natural doctor, the naturopath, form homeschool cooperatives, use encrypted technology. Instead of YouTube, let's use Odyssey, which we're streaming to uh, right now in this moment. That's what Exit and Build is all about. And when I say exit, I ultimately mean completely withdrawing consent from the government, complete self-governance. That's what the exit is all about. But for a lot of people, are like, I don't know, I got a 401k, I got a mortgage, seems a little risky. Total sovereignty kind of makes my knees shake a little bit. I hear you. That's why we flip it around and we build, we build those systems and institutions and networks and connections so that it enables us to exit peacefully without getting put in a cage or losing everything that we've worked for. That's what Exit and Build is all about. And I'm going to share a little bit more about Exit and Build in the context of money, wealth, and counter-economics. But first, I want to share the Live Free Academy empowerment philosophy. Uh, Live Free Academy is a business I started about a little, about, I guess, a little bit over a year ago. We did the Exit and Build Land Summit. Anybody tune into the Exit and Build Land Summit? All right. Jack spoke. Nicole spoke. It was awesome. Rebecca did the video. That was Exit and Build in the context of let us exit the cities, buy homesteads, buy land, and build community in the country. 
not just cooperatively buying land and doing intentional communities, although that's cool too. And my lovely fiance, Rebecca, is going to talk about that at noon. But exit the cities, buy your own land, and build community with your neighbors. What Maybe the neighbors that are already there, our neighbors are great. They've helped us out on so many different occasions. They're super groovy. Or we go and we build those connections and we encourage our friends to move out. That's what the Exit and Build Land Summit was all about. And that was put on by Live Free Academy. So in my activism, I've also become very much obsessed with success philosophy, with the Tony Robbins, the Jim Rohns, the Jay Abrahams, Jay Abraham, huh? uh, Grant Cardone, all this stuff, right? Seven Habits of Highly Effective People. And I've taken that knowledge, that wisdom, that empowering philosoph philosophy and strategy and applied it to the pursuit of freedom. And I've narrowed it down to four important components for success in any area of life. Those four components are number one, mindset. Number two, strategy. Number three, working with a team of like-minded people. And number four, taking massive action, crazy levels of action, like the amount of action it took to turn this place from a, a piece of rock to this incredible uh, haven that we that we're, have the honor of sharing. So starts with mindset. And when I talk about mindset, really it boils down to believing in yourself. A lot of people have some pretty strong limiting beliefs. There's external obstacles and there's internal obstacles. And what I've found is that the internal obstacles, more often than not, are the biggest hindrance to our progress in accomplishing our goals. Limiting beliefs. That's when I share with someone, hey, what if I told you there was this new exciting technology that would enable us to exchange money with one another, and there's not a damn thing the government could do about it to stop us. Whether we supported the Canadian trucker convoy or not, we could continue to do business with one another online. It's called cryptocurrency and decentralized blockchain technology. And a lot of times, the first thing people say is, oh, that couldn't possibly work. What if they make it illegal? What if it gets hacked? What if they shut down the internet? What if there's a global EMP attack? from the Mars invasion or something. I don't know. Global EMP is a big deal, and you're not going to be worried about your cryptocurrency wallet if that happens, i tell you what. But I recognize, like, wow, the first thing that people do in their head is figure out ways that it can't work. Same thing is like, hey, I have a great idea. It's a strategy where we can create more freedom. We can create intergenerational freedom. That's what I'm all about, not just for me, but for my children and for the future generations to come. If we move out of the cities... We buy land, we start populating these rural areas, and then we all link up and form trade routes. This guy's got the tractor, they got the chickens, we're really good at the aquaponics over here. We're going to support one another, we're going to share with one another, we're going to teach one another, right? And then eventually when enough of us can do that, we have the strength in numbers, perhaps we can declare our independence, right? I share that with people and they're like, wait a second, Klaus Schwab said we'll own nothing and be happy. How could we possibly own land if this crazy oligarch said we can't do it, right? Like, what about uh, the property taxes? They're going to take our land if we don't pay, blah, 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 blah. It's like, why are you coming up with objections to your own success? How about instead of thinking about ways that it can't work, you focus on the ways that it is working now, right? So I just want to have people have a level of consciousness, right? We have this thoughts going on in our head, like this internal monologue. Sometimes it's a dialogue. Who has thoughts in their head? Anybody? I read an article once. I was like, some people, some people don't have the soundtrack in their head. I was like, that'd be weird. That's like some Buddhism there. Pretty peaceful. Must be pretty boring. Does anybody not have an internal soundtrack in their head? Okay. Yeah. 
All right, right on. What's he smoking? I want some of that. Some good shit. Uh, anyway, so the a lot of times that internal soundtrack, our inner voice, it works against us. It's our own worst enemy. And what I want to encourage people to know is that you can reprogram that inner voice to be your biggest champion. And through mindfulness, which is just being present in the moment, just being being able to recognize things in the moment, you can catch those thought patterns that aren't serving you and you can interrupt them and you can flip the script. And instead of saying, I'm, I, I'm too old to understand cryptocurrency, I could hardly even use a computer, you say, while it may be a challenge for me to use these technologies, I feel confident in my ability to learn and I'm going to start learning today. Can you guys commit to doing that? Just being a little more mindful of those thought patterns in our head and whenever we have a limiting belief, recognizing that interrupting it. I like to say, wash it away. That's what I tell my daughter. She's like, dad, I can't sleep. I'm having all these scary thoughts. I say, it's okay. Just recognize them. Wash them away. Right. You guys commit to do that with me because really it makes a world of difference. I promise. All right. Okay. All right. So that's the mindset piece. Another big piece of the mindset is to think big, think big. And what I envision for our community is true sovereignty. Creating an environment where we operate outside of the legacy financial institutions, outside of the government, the government schools, the pharmaceutical industrial complex, where we can have true freedom. I want that for myself. I want it for my family, and I want it for each and every one of you. And so some people think we can just maybe make the government a little bit better, or we can experience freedom just out in the woods on our little bug out property. No, I want an environment where we have genuine freedom, where people don't have to fight so hard in order to experience a state of existence that we all deserve by nature of our free, our free, our freedom, our freedom, our sovereignty, our inherent sovereignty is free people, right? So let's think big. Let's project into the future. Let's imagine a world where we don't have a government that affects us anymore. Maybe those guys can keep their government. I'm not a smash the state, overthrow the government kind of guy, because frankly, a lot of people love government. They're terrified to death at the idea of total freedom and responsibility. So let them have their government. Let them do their dog and pony show. But we're going to do something different over here. So when it comes to mindset, let us envision a bigger future and let's work towards that future. Now, I'm going to spend some time talking about the strategy piece, and we're going to get into the financial aspect. Has anybody heard of CBDCs, central bank digital currencies? Right. So a lot of folks are familiar with the traditional tyranny that we've all, the, the tyranny we grew up with, the income tax, the police state, onerous regulations, you can't do this, the nanny state type of stuff, right? The wars. Well, there's this new type of tyranny called technocracy. Does anybody know what the word technocracy means? It's essentially ruled by scientific dictatorship. It's a different form of government where you don't have elected officials that govern you. You have the experts and the elite, and really it's the oligarchs, right? There's this entity called the Great Reset. Sorry, the World Economic Forum. You guys familiar with the World Economic Forum? This guy, Klaus Schwab. They're like, we want to have a great reset of society, and COVID-19 created the perfect opportunity for us to reset everything, reset the financial systems, reset the relationship people have with government, reset the way people do business. These guys essentially want to usher in a technocratic, dystopian future where the surveillance institutions, the surveillance society basically tracks and trace and controls every single bit of our lives. That's what they want for us. And I got news for you. They're well advanced in this agenda. 
I've been doing this for 20 years and I started off because I saw 9-11, Building 7, all that stuff. I was like, wait a second, what? What's going on here? And that started me on a journey. But back in the day, we're like, we got to do all we can so the new world order doesn't come about. They're creating this new world order. We got to stop it. And now after COVID, it's like, wow, the new world order is here and it ain't pretty, right? And somebody has a new normal. You can keep your new normal shirt. That's what it's all about. The vaccine passport agenda is a big piece of it. Global digital identity is a big piece of it. And central bank digital currencies are a big piece of it. What is a central bank digital currency? Well, we have these central banks, right? These institutions that create money out of thin air. They try to regulate prices and market. In reality, they're just enriching their friends and blowing out the currency to give to their big corporate buddies through the bailouts and the discount window. Ron Paul has a lot of great work on this. And the central banks create U.S. dollars, right? We have the Federal Reserve Bank. They issue that money. They give it to their friends in the commercial banks. And then it gets created whenever we take out loans or we borrow money or whatever it may be. Well, they want to revamp this system so it's completely digital. The central banks issue the money, but they do it in a digital way that it can be tracked and traced. It could be surveilled. It could also be turned off and on. One of the first times I heard about the central bank digital currency thing was on NPR. Where are my NPR listeners? Yeah. Sometimes I turn it on just to see what the programming's like these days so I can connect with more people. It's bad. It's some sophisticated propaganda. This lady was like railing on Fox News. And I was like, oh, what do you listen to? NPR. I was like, oh, it's just a different brand of propaganda. Propaganda? What are you talking about? It's fair and balanced. I thought Fox News was fair and balanced. Wait a second. So I heard this NPR piece, and it's like, central bank digital currencies. Imagine how swell it would be if you could send your kids off to college, and you could ensure that the money you give them gets spent only on tuition and books. It's like, wait a second. Interesting, interesting. So we saw a glimpse of what's to come with what happened in Canada with the Freedom Convoy, right? You know, when it comes to Freedom Convoy stuff, I was in solidarity. I was all excited about it. But it's like, all right, you guys are rallying to the Parliament, Parliament Square. Now what are you going to do? All these movements are like, you know what's going to change the world? If we yell at government buildings, that's going to change everything. Yelling at government buildings. That's why we talk about this exit and build thing. It's like we see a problem. All right, let's just let them do their thing over here, and we're going to do our thing over here. But as many of you may have heard, people's bank accounts got shut down for supporting the Freedom Convoy financially. They went to the people's banks and they stopped them. They stopped, they froze all the money. They stole people's money that donated. And then they froze people's bank accounts, people that were in the convoy and people that donated too. You know what else they did? They took people's cryptocurrency. But a lot of misinformation spread about that. People are like, well, cryptocurrency, they took it. Trudeau took the cryptocurrency. So cryptocurrency obviously isn't what you said it was, Jack, John. Well, in reality, what they did was they froze cryptocurrency accounts for folks that are using what's called a custodial wallet. That's when you set up a Coinbase account, you purchase your crypto, you link it with your bank account, you scan your driver's license, right? It ties it to your identity, and then you keep it in that wallet. A custodial wallet is a wallet where another entity has access to your private keys. With cryptocurrency, you got a public address and a private key. The public address, kind of like your account number, although you can create infinite account numbers. And it's advised that you create a new account number for every transaction you do to obfuscate the trail to have more privacy, right? But in order to unlock cryptocurrency or send cryptocurrency from a public address, you have to have a private key. It's a long string of letters and numbers. So on a non-custodial wallet like Exodus, right, which Jack recommends, which I'm a big fan of as well, an Exodus wallet, nobody has access to that private key. 
Nobody even knows you set up the damn wallet. You could even set it up with a VPN that obscures your IP address. So at the end of the day, if you want true sovereignty over your money, over your cryptocurrency, you got to use a non-custodial wallet. So I just wanted to clear up some confusion there. So what happened in Canada, they want that to be set up all over the world. And what I believe to be the antidote to this central bank digital currency scheme where they can say this person is a bad person because they supported a freedom movement. They listen to the survival podcast and living free in Tennessee. There are some right wing extremists. We are not going to let them do business anymore. Or you came in for your annual required medical checkup because they advanced some BS health insurance scheme or whatever. And because your cholesterol is over the allotted amount, we're not going to let you buy donuts at the grocery store. Ken Berry's like, that might not be a bad idea. (laughs) Uh, Or maybe you've gone over your allotted carbon credits for the month. We see that you haven't been recycling like we want you to do, so we're not going to let you do A, B, or C. That's the world they want to bring us into because when they can control you economically, it's a really big deal, just like they did with your jobs and with the COVID mandates. If you don't take the vaccine, we're not going to pay you, all sorts of problems. We need to recognize that, and we need to preemptively prepare, create institutions, create connections, create relationships so they can't dangle any strings. They can't do a carrot or a stick with us, right? And so it's my contention that we all ought to learn how to use cryptocurrency now because as this central bank digital currency system rolls out, it's going to be the only way that we can do business with one another online. I'm a silver guy. I'm a gold guy. I'm a barter guy. I'm a time bank, whatever the heck alternative system we want to set up in person, right? But if you want to buy Jack's course online and the government's like, Jack's a bad guy, we're not going to let him do business with credit cards. I can't do business with credit cards to sell Kratom and CBD. It's a reality now. The government pressures the banks. They pressure the credit card companies not to let me sell my Delta 8 cannabis products or my Kratom. It's actually illegal in the state next door. It's illegal in six states, but it's just the dried up leaves of a plant. I can't do credit card. I can do e-check and you bet your bottom Satoshi, I can do cryptocurrency, right? So I want to encourage folks, they may be hesitant, they may be mistrusting, but all the people are like, I don't trust Bitcoin, now let me pay with my Visa credit card, right? There's a disconnect there, guys. You don't have to go all in. I used to bang on the thing like, let's use Bitcoin to build wealth, but then I was like, damn, I'm tired of this freaking roller coaster. I'm going to take my excess money and put it into food production systems because that's something that's not going to go down in value. That's going to continue to earn dividends for years to come. Also, the number one investment that we can engage in is investing in yourself. Nobody can take that away from you. It's never going to go down in value. Once you got it, it's there to stay. And then you could spread the love and teach other people, right? But the best thing that we could use cryptocurrency for is so we can continue to do commerce online. There's private cryptocurrencies. Bitcoin, when you do a transaction, that is known on a public blockchain, this distributed ledger. It can be known that this address sent crypto to that address. Now you can play your cards right and not tie this address to your identity. There's ways to do that, right? But it's a public transaction. Anyone can audit it. It can be known. And now there's forensic a forensic psychology or forensic analysis that analyzed the blockchain, right? It was at the Silk Road trial with Ross Ulbricht and heard the DOJ, like these guys, we thought Bitcoin was all private. That's not the case. But there are private cryptocurrencies like Monero and Pirate Chain, right? So I strongly encourage folks, you don't have to start investing tens of thousands of bucks, thousands of bucks, but at least get yourself a few hundred dollars 
worth of cryptocurrency and learn how to use it now before you find yourself in a situation where you've been shut out of your bank account and you can no longer subscribe to the MSB uh, Survival Podcast membership, purchase Kratom from here, buy the eggs online across the place, right? So it's, it's, it's of critical importance, right? That's one of the big pieces of strategy that I like to employ when it comes to the excellent build financial strategy, using cryptocurrency, setting up the barter networks, building those relationships and those connections now. So when the time comes, you're not caught with your pants down, scrambling to catch up, right? Another huge piece is entrepreneurship. How am I doing on time? What time is it? 10 minutes? Oh, sweet. Entrepreneurship. Where are my entrepreneurs in the audience? All right. So as we saw recently, you know, I'm not a big research, the conspiracy guy. I did that for years and years, and I puked all over my family at the Thanksgiving dinners and annoyed the piss out of them, right? And there's a lot of folks that are like, I'm doing my part to further the cause of freedom and truth by sharing articles on Telegram. You guys got Telegram groups, which is like forward, 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 forward. We don't allow that in our freedom cell groups because like we're here to get shit done, not to learn about the problem. We're here to figure out the solution, not just figure it out, to act on it. But let us understand the problem in the context of how can we navigate around it? Let's understand the problem so we can figure out how to insulate ourselves from it. And so we can figure out what do we need to do in order to protect ourselves and protect future generations from this problem. Now, we, we learned one of their strategies. They tried as hard as they possibly could to get as many people to take this weird injection, whatever technology, I don't know what's going on, graphene oxide, linking up with 5G towers, who knows? I don't know. I don't care, frankly, because I saw it was a total scam, total BS, totally bogus. But they revealed their hand. They will stop at nothing to make your life inconvenient, to threaten your livelihood in order to get you to do a medical procedure, and that is wrong. But now we know that. We know that. So for the folks that have the corporate job and maybe you just lucked out, who knows what's going to happen next? It's obviously a tool in their toolbox to roll out a pandemic or a plandemic, whatever you want to call it, in order to usher in their great reset agenda. So now that we know that, let us prepare for that. Right. So I would encourage folks not saying abandon your cushy job with your 401k, but maybe start the side hustle so that if the time comes and they're like, you have to do this or that in order to keep your job, you say, well, I've been building the side hustle. I got a small customer base. I feel confident and comfortable that if I had to completely abandon this, at least I'd be able to get by on the side hustle. OK, so when it comes to business, I like to think of business as helping people to solve their problems. Oftentimes, the bigger the problem and the more problems you solve, the more money you can make, right? There's this awesome Zig Ziglar quote, and he says, uh, you can have everything you want in life as long as you help other people to get what they want, right? That's what I think of when I think of business. So if there's any skills you got, any, any assets you got, any trades, anything that you're just completely obsessed with, start to think about how can I monetize this? How can I trade this service, this knowledge, this widget, this good for money? And just start the side hustle. You don't have to completely abandon your gig. You don't have to quit your job and put yourself at risk. But start the side hustle so when the time comes, you can move to that job. But I tell you what, COVID mandate or not, it's really cool being an entrepreneur. It's very fulfilling. I get to do work that spreads. I'm working right now. This whole trip was a damn tax write-off, right? And I brought the kiddos along with me. And they're working too. <laughs> 
So, you know, another thing, like I have four or five full-time employees now. Actually, they're contractors because it's easier for everybody when it comes to all the tax and regulation. And then there's like half a dozen other contractors that work with me for 20 to 40 hours. I have a good friend up in Brooklyn, New York. He did a lot of carpentry work and he blew his knee out and had to get surgery. And there's this huge infection. And he came to me hat in hand. You know, he was like, he didn't feel comfortable asking me this, but he did. He's my friend. He said, hey, man, I'm down and out. Could I borrow some money? I, I, can't, I don't have health insurance. I can't afford this medical procedure. So I said, not, I'm not going to, I'm not going to lend you money. I'm just going to give you some money. And would you like to come work with me? And now he works with me full time and he's not going back to the job that he dreaded, you know, and I have the ability to do that because I created an economic engine doing things that I love to do. So I just want to encourage you guys, entrepreneurship, it's scary. And by God, it's freaking challenging. We were watching Shark Tank last night. I don't know if the producers strategically pick these people, but they're like, tell us about your story. And everybody breaks down crying. My dad died, grandfather this, I got this disease, whatever. But it's really challenging, but it's the most rewarding thing, really. It's, it's a lot of fulfilling things that we can do as entrepreneurs. And at the end of the day, we're in total control. So I can't go to Self-Reliance Festival. I got to work. It's like, well, my work is Self-Reliance Festival. You can have that if you want. There's plenty of vendor spaces right there for the next ones. Start your widgets, start your wares, right? It's just, I, we teach this stuff in a dual purpose way. A lot of the preppers and stuff, it's all about fear and they're going to come get us and we got to prepare. But a lot of this philosophy and the speakers that have graced this stage, it's all about this is how we ought to be living anyway, right? So I would encourage you to consider entrepreneurship because you may find that it's a lot more in alignment with your values and you could build your business around your life rather than building your life around your job, right? Okay, cool. Now, that I got one minute. Okay, the last piece is to build networks, right? To build interconnected networks called counter economies. So they're coming to squeeze, they're coming to regulate, they're coming to shut down this alternative medicine, they're coming... They're coming for your guns. I'm not worried about that at all, honestly. Like, they try to march onto this property coming for guns. The, the local sheriff's going to be like, no, 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 we're not going to do that. Local sheriff's probably we're not taking anybody's freaking guns. Are you kidding me? So not to let your guard down or anything, but in states like Tennessee, they ain't coming for your guns. All right. But they are trying to circumvent those good conservative sheriffs and those good lawmakers and those good people that obviously aren't going to give up their guns. Again, they figured it out. They're like, we can't go to them directly through our tyranny and pressure. We got to come up with these little schemes and systems. And that central bank digital currency scheme is one of them. So how can we navigate around that? Let's build the networks. Let's start the business directories. Let's join the GSD crew in Tennessee. Let's join the Freedom Cell Network. And let's start trading amongst ourselves. We recently did a cow share. We started up a cow share again with our local Freedom Cell crew. And within three days, we were able to sell enough shares to butcher a whole damn cow. We went and bought the big uh, uh, freezer, the upright freezer in our, in our guest house and stuff. We're ready to go. And we did that through a network, through pulling our money together, strength in numbers. So I want to encourage you guys, anytime you have a plumbing job or you got the electrician or you want to buy this widget or that widget or you need to be consulted on something, go within the network first. Build those relationships. And again, it may come a day when we can't do business with A, B, or C, because you got to use a central bank digital currency or you got to wear a mask to go in the freaking grocery store. Who knows? Imagine that probably wasn't a big thing in Tennessee much either. Or was it? I don't know. They brainwashed a lot of people. It turned the damn TV off and the virus is nowhere to be found. But again, <laughs> it's, it's weird. But again, uh, it's not 
that's one way to think it. It's a dual purpose. We want to react and we want to prepare for this ugly stuff that's happening. But it feels really good to support our friends financially, doesn't it? To work together, to build those networks. That's really what it's all about. So let us use all this crazy stuff that's coming down the pike as motivation to get our butts in gear. And let's prepare. Let's preemptively learn how to use private cryptocurrencies. Let's start that side hustle so we're not in a position where we're forced to make a decision between a medical procedure and our income. And let's work together with our networks. Let's build out the Freedom Cell Network, the GSD crew, whatever it may be. Let's work together to create a better world, not just for ourselves, but so our, our children and future generations don't have to be, don't have to face all this crazy stuff in the future. All right. Thank you very much, everybody.
chip corporations, inexorably determined by the immutable bylaws of business. The world, 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 world is a business, Mr.